In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we observe the epiphany of our Lord, a feast day in which we celebrate the coming of God in human flesh, not in a burning bush or a pillar of cloud or a pillar of fire, but as an infant, God making himself as we are. And Epiphany also commemorates the coming of the Magi to worship this divine child and revealing to us that God became man not merely for the Jews and not merely for the people of his own time, but also for the Gentiles and for the peoples of all times. God made himself man for all mankind, and in so doing, he enlightened the entire human race. This child is, as the Apostle John would later write, the true light which gives light to everyone. The great tragedy, of course, is that this light is rejected by those who prefer darkness to light. And yet the light shines upon them just the same. God desires that all the world would be saved, and Christ proclaims a baptism for all nations. Contrary to the Jewish expectation, salvation and participation in the new heavens and the new earth is not for Jews only. It is not limited to God's chosen people, but rather, and surprisingly, his grace in Christ extends to all people. We heard St. Paul in his letter to the Ephesians refer to this as the mystery of Christ, which, as Paul writes, was not made known to the sons of men in other generations as it has now been revealed, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise of Christ through the gospel. Therefore, it would be a terrible error and sheer arrogance for us to assume that God had to save the entire human race. He didn't have to save anyone. He chose to grant salvation to Israel, to all who believed in his name. This was pure grace in itself, that God would then choose to redeem not only Israel, but the entire human race. This is grace beyond comprehension. This causes St. Paul and all the other apostles and prophets with him to marvel. And this shows us perhaps our biggest problem as American Christians. It's not the government or the economy or the coronavirus, but rather it's the sheer arrogance and contempt with which we treat God. We do not marvel. We treat his salvation as if it were a given, as if we were, in fact, entitled to it. And this ugly, false belief and complete lack of humility manifests itself in our utterly lackadaisical attitude toward the church and toward the things of God. American Christians are choosing to live under the tyranny of all things unimportant. We are choosing to concern ourselves with 
temporal, futile, and passing things, as if the things of this world were all there is. We truly live as if God did not matter and as if we mattered most. What utter foolishness and darkness this is. So to us, God still speaks through the prophet Isaiah. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Wake from your apathy and darkness. Do not fall back asleep. If God becoming man if the glories of the Incarnation, if the joys of Christmas are not enough to awaken you and to impassion you and to fill you with new resolve, what possibly could? We mock the unbelievers for throwing out their trees the day after Christmas. But do we do the spiritual equivalent? Let's not do the spiritual equivalent. Let's receive God in human flesh and let us come into his presence. For where the word is, there he is. Where the sacrament is, there he is. Let us open our heart to his word and receive it with thanksgiving. Let us ponder the things of God and meditate upon them deeply in our hearts until our hearts overflow with both wisdom and joy. How deeply did Mary ponder? How joyfully did the shepherds come? What hardships were the Magi willing to endure? How far did they travel in order to be with him and worship at his feet? So let us receive the one who is continually to be found in the manger of the Holy Sacrament, wrapped in the swaddling clothes of God's word, and found in the lap of the virgin church. Let us put away the kind of arrogance that causes us to think that we know enough already, which only a true fool could think, whether he's a Lutheran or not. And let us resolve to receive ever more fully what St. Paul calls the unsearchable riches of Christ. Let us hear and receive God's word as if it were, in fact, precisely that, the living voice of the living God, a word that speaks light into the darkness of our hearts and hope into our otherwise hopeless lives, a word powerful enough to change our perception of the world, indeed to change our very lives, Many, many people search for and seek true enlightenment. But true enlightenment is not to be found in Eastern religion or in empty meditation or in yoga or some other bizarre practice, nor is it even to be found in nature itself. True enlightenment is like an infinite ocean of light that flows to us through the word of God and the sacraments of God. For this reason, the church fathers called baptism enlightenment. They didn't mean that once a person was baptized, there was no further enlightenment or growth to be had. 
They meant that if Christ were like the sun, then baptism is like the dawning of that sun upon us. The baptism of God, the word of God, the Eucharist of God are like the rays of that sun. I'm reminded of that great line from C.S. Lewis. I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. If we do not believe that the word and sacraments of God are enlightenment and contain infinite enlightenment, then we're like children who shut our eyelids and think that it's dark. The word and sacraments of God shine like light and show us ever more fully what truly is. We begin to see the entire world not in light of media's narrative, but in light of the word and sacraments of God. For in these are life and light. They are Christ. How does the new year find you? Are you empty and anxious? Come to him. Are you weary and jaded? Come to him. Are you guilty and ashamed? Come to him. But not in unbelief, not with skepticism in your heart, not assured that you do in fact know what's best for you. Come to him in humility and receive whatever he gives. Even the cold shoulder of God is warmer than all the warmth of the world. Come and put your hand on the font and remember his kindnesses to you from of old and the countless blessings he has bestowed on you throughout your life and those blessings he bestows still. Put your hand on the font and remember who you are and whose you are. The scriptures say that in holy baptism we are so united with Christ that his righteousness becomes our righteousness. His death becomes our death. His resurrection becomes our resurrection. And his eternal father becomes our eternal father. Come and put your lips to the chalice and put away all your fears. The chalice flashes with light to remind you that its contents will enlighten you and fill you with joy that is deeper than this world's sorrows. In his cup is truly the forgiveness of all your sins. In his cup is truly renewed strength and true life. In his cup is the promise that we are leaving this world of decay and shadow of turning and we will behold the one in whom there is no change, no shadow of turning. The journey of this life is leading us to the very face of God, to the face of infinite goodness and light that will shine mercifully and joyfully upon you because you have been cleansed inside and out by the blood of the Lamb. Augustine famously said, Crede ut intelligas. First believe, then you will understand. First believe, then you will see. And it will be the case that you see in stages, as the man whom our Lord healed in stages. Remember, he saw nothing first, 
then he saw trees walking around, and finally men. So too it was in stages that Mary and the shepherds and the magi, that apostles and saints and even the angels themselves came to be ever more enlightened by Christ and the meaning of his coming and the meaning that God in human flesh would have upon the entire cosmos. So one final point. As with all New Year's, We've done much talking about 2021, and all of us hoping that it will prove better than 2020. But the truth is that God hasn't bound us to such worldly concerns. Whether this year is quote unquote better or quote unquote worse, our Father will still be using all things for your good and for the good of all who love him. In fact, many things that we hope for and think are good simply aren't. And many things we hope against and think are bad simply aren't. One idea we must rid ourselves of is the idea that things happen to us or come upon us by chance. Our Heavenly Father is far more loving and far more interested than that. We are being made into sons of God, into children of the light. God's hand is in everything. His hand is ever-present in our lives. To communicate this, the scriptures say that not a sparrow falls to the earth apart from him. He has the hairs on your head all numbered. He puts your tears in his bottle and he journals your sorrows in his book. Nothing is meaningless, nothing is vain, nothing is futile, nothing is lost. Except, of course, for your sin. That is the one thing that is forever lost and remembered no more. Yet you remain. The light of a new creation has dawned. He is making all things new. Our suffering is transformed into the glorious suffering of Christ. Our sorrows into his sorrows. Our faith and hope and love, no matter how small and insufficient on their own, are joined with his perfect faith, perfect hope, and perfect love. Even death itself has been transformed into the greatest good we could possibly experience. Death has become birth. So let us entrust ourselves this new year, not to a spirit of presumption or arrogance, as is so common, nor to a spirit of bitterness or cynicism, which sometimes takes on the appearance of wisdom. But rather, in all things, let us entrust ourselves to the Father who loves us, to the Son who saves us, and to the Spirit who enlightens us. Glory to God in highest heaven, who unto us his Son has given, while angels sing with pious mirth a glad new year to all the earth. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.